Winamp's back. Let's party like it's 1999. All this and more on This Week in Retro. High resolution color graphics. This land of high technology. The revolution in technology that made the information age possible. Those kids are not afraid of computers. A new Winamp version, back to the 90s. More FPS remasters on the way. And completing your retro collection. All this and more on This Week in Retro. Up-to-date news for out-of-date tech. Welcome back from the UK. How is it like being back in Australia? Yeah, thanks, Dave. It's always good to be home, and I count myself lucky because when I come back to the UK, um, that feels like coming home. But also, of course, you know, mm-hmm. my life is very well established over here, so coming back to Perth is definitely coming home. Although today was my first day back at work as well, and let's just say uh, jet lag kicks in after three days. Not a good night's sleep last night, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the pills tonight. That's my plan. Because um, at the moment, what's happening is I get to about one in the morning, and my body goes. Nah, nah, mate, I'm pretty sure it's the middle of the day and I'm just wide awake and there's no explanation. And then by about three o'clock in the morning, just when you're sort of resigning yourself to that, it goes, oh, no, actually, you might be right. And then and then you're out and then you can't work, wake up in yeah. time for whatever you've got in the morning. Yeah. I, when I used to go to Florida, I found the best, the, the only way to do it was just to get back to work yeah. and just go through your normal day. Trying to go for a sleep in the afternoon was just, it just prolonged it. Um, nah, that's right. Yeah. Although I'm a big um, fan of it. Did everything power. fit in your case? It did. Look, I don't know if you can see the mess behind me. This is genuinely a mess um, because better than messing up the bedroom is to mess up this room. Um, and that's literally my case still waiting to be sorted. Although I've I've done the important things. So the clothes are still in the suitcase. The Spectrum games are yeah. on the shelf. Uh, the Amiga games are already pride of place, yeah. shadow the priorities where it should be, everything. Yeah. The train set started to come out. But a really cool thing, so one of the things I did get um, was from Chrissy, which I'm still really pleased with, this CD32. I'm not going to move it because yeah. <laughs> I've got, got a few issues with it. So Duncan can do his zoomy magic, all right? Um, but, um, yeah, brought this back with me. This actually fell. So it was in my hand luggage um, bag. And I was in the queue mm-hmm. at Heathrow, sitting on top of my suitcase, which was, you know, um, horizontal because, um, not horizontal, vertical because the wheels were on the bottom. And my hand luggage bag fell off while I was in the queue. And so I heard a crack. Now, there's no physical damage that I can see, as in cosmetic to the CD32, mm-hmm. but it does have problems switching on every now and again. So hopefully, look, test for the listeners. Let's flick it on. It had been behaving this afternoon. Let's see. And this is all I do with it. I don't have any games, Dave. So all I do is I turn it on. Tinkle. And I listen to the tinkle. And obviously you can't see that, but I look at the logo and I go, oh, that's nice. And I switch it off again. Uh, but no, actually I do have, my mate Shane has lent me Simon the Sorcerer, so I'll get stuck into that. The talkie that's version, game as well. obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's lent me his power supply yeah. as well until I, I buy one. So yeah, really pleased with that. So thanks Chrissy for selling me that at excellent mates rates. Um, yep, it's here, it's working. Everything else is here. So back into the realities of real life in Australia. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Are you going to do? Are you going to end up converting that? Not converting, but adding a keyboard and so on to the CD32. Is it going to be your? Is it going to be your everyday Amiga? 
No, I don't think so. Um, it's a lovely machine to have, and it's a really um, mm-hmm. exciting part of the Amiga history to investigate what was it like. Um, and mm-hmm. I couldn't ignore it at the price it was offered to me. Um, but I've got the A1200, um, and uh, that's already got an accelerator card in it and a compact flash card and everything. So really, I'll just use this for playing about with CD32 games as they were intended. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my intention for that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. really cool yeah. thing to add to the collection. Yeah. Cool. Right. Yeah. Shall we? Uh, yeah. On. There is one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, we had a thought that perhaps people are listening and watching who don't really know how th- this whole process works. That's so a good point. The idea behind this show is that all of the things we discuss are submitted by you, the listeners. Uh, there is a subreddit, uh, which is always linked on all of our, um, all, all of the, the podcasts and on YouTube which is um, This Week in Retro. Um, And people go and submit stories to there. You can submit anything you want. um, And other people will go in and they will press the upvote arrow if they think it's something they'd like to talk about. And then once a week, the three of us, Neil, who we'll come on to in a second, uh, yourself and I, will go and we'll pick a story each. Usually we'll go through and we'll see what's been, what people want us to talk about. We'll pick a story each and we'll talk about it. So if you want us to talk about something that's that's retro related, um, then go and submit it to the subreddit or go and, and look at what's there and click the little up arrows and the things that you wanted to talk about. We seem to go through periods where there's loads of submissions, like three or four weeks ago, there was loads. And then th- this week, there wasn't quite so many. There were still enough good ones, but there was still not quite so many. So I'd encourage you to go and, and use the subreddit and see if you can influence what we have to discuss. I mentioned Neil, and he's not here this week. Neil is um, Neil has been working seven day weeks. Um, there is a lot going on behind the scenes. There's the the new MMS uh, stock coming out. There is the arcade being built up uh, by Alex. The video and that's come out, uh, so people should know about that now. Um, I, I, this weekend he, he was taking off, and it's today. It's his uh, it's Mrs. Uh, Mrs. RMC, not Ms. MRC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our birthday today, so he's off today, so he's not here, but he will be back next week, um, and he'll be full of energy again, I'm sure. Yeah. So happy birthday, Lily, I guess we should say as well. Oh, yeah, happy birthday, Lily. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday. I don't think she watches it. Maybe she'll watch it now, though. What do you mean? What? <laughs> Actually, neither does my <laughs> wife. <laughs> but she will watch the segment um, where I was in the cave last week. <laughs> so. Daddy Mulk. Yeah, yeah. that, that was... Um, people no, not that enjoy that. That wasn't not intentional. That that wasn't, oh, yeah. Right, okay. Well, that, that was not intentional, and we did try to remain professional, but sometimes the, uh, the teenage in comes out. Um, I blame the viewers. Shall we get started? Let's do it. <laughs> More llama abuse. Um, so Winamp has released a new version uh, after apparently four years in development. It's 1997. You're connected to the internet with your 33.6K modem. You're hoping that no one picks up the phone and you're trying not to think about how much the phone call will cost. Using MIRC, you're connected to a script bot and you're downloading an MP3. It's Barbie Girl from Aqua. Or maybe it's Mbop from Hansen. Or maybe it was Tub Thumping from Chumbawamba. And I hope it wasn't I Believe I Can Fly from R. Kelly. Um, Once you've got your files, you'll disconnect. And what will you use to play the MP3s? Well, Winamp, it really whips the llama's ass. 
which was the little tagline you got when you opened it back in the day. I expect many, if not most of our viewers will, will already know what Winamp is, but let, let me remind you and I'll hopefully give you a little bit of a, an insight into what it was. So Winamp was the sequel to a program called DOSAMP, which very few people have heard about. It's a bit of software that used the AMP library for MP3 playback, which I think was developed for Unix. I did use DOSAMP, not because I'm not because I'm a hipster and I used all the old things, just because it was on a cover disc, I think. Um, and I, it played MP3s in DOS, and I don't think I saw the utility of playing MP3s in DOS. I think I just saw it was cool. It was a novelty. Fantastic. Look what you can do. You can compress a file down. You can get a real bit of music there. Um, but in 1997, Winamp came out for Windows, and after a few initial versions, then by version 1 in 1997, it had the iconic title bar, it had most of the memorable features, so it had playlists, it had that graphical equaliser. Uh, later versions had plugins, um, so you could get, uh, you could stream from the internet, which uh, meant you could get internet radio, and they changed from freeware to shareware. The plugins, though, were a, were a big deal, there were thousands of them made, and the ones that I remember most are the visualisations, so, so um, Milk Drop for Winamp, for example, you can see all the the, 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 the patterns and so on on the screen. Um, but it could also have plugins to allow you to do things like play mod files, so that would please the Amiga fans. Um, a big deal with it as well, there was a skin, so you can make minor changes to it, and that seemingly was enough for people to love it. I know skins aren't that big a, th a deal these days, and it reminds me of changing the plastic cover on Nokia, Nokia 3330s. But all that happened all in the space of 1997. So it moved really fast. Um, more updates came in later years, but in, in 1997, Winamp went from kind of zero to hero. They did lose their way eventually. Uh, Winamp 3 was a complete rewrite and it was incredibly unpopular. And they actually went back to the Winamp 2 code and added the, the feature from Winamp 3 to Winamp 2 code and then in uh, an Atari Jaguar-inspired uh, idea, they, they called that version 5 because that's version 2 plus version 3. Um, now, Winamp was at the forefront of a revolution in the way that we consume music. Um, when Winamp came out, we would start ripping our CDs, and by that I mean we would put the CD into the computer and turn it into MP3 tracks, which we could then play on the computer without the CD. And maybe around four or five years after Winamp appeared in 1997, portable media players, or what you and I call an MP3 player, they appeared. Um, it was initially, it was South Korean um, branded ones. And then of course, the, the, the big beast, the iPod. Uh, and that changed everything again. And again, that meant music changed from having CDs to having ripped uh, MP3s but it also opened the door to file sharing and uh, whole scale piracy, bigger than even back in the cassette tape, day, cassette tape days, um, people just stopped buying music. You didn't need the CDs, you went online, you downloaded them. Um, but going back to Winamp, it was by far the most popular program for it in Windows. Did you use it, Chris? Do you have any memories of sorting out MP3 tags in your music library? Oh, I have so many memories sparked by what you've just um, said as the opening to this story, Dave. Um, first and foremost, actually, MIRC. 
in the days of dial-up. I didn't even think to download music. For some reason, I was busy downloading JPEGs. But anyway, um, yeah, so... What kind of JPEGs? Uh, you know, just pictures, probably pictures of... Art. Cars. Um, yeah, yeah, cars. Yeah, probably cars. I'm sure. So, blurred memories, Dave. It's a long time ago. Um, but yeah, uh, it was. Uh, go back to Winamp before I segue to a place where she can go. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, Winamp was definitely the first MP3 player I used in a Windows environment. Um, and I don't tagging. You say I don't remember doing that. I think you're assuming I'm a bit more organised than I actually am. There. Um, it was just you know put them in and and, and whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do remember the software that I use specifically for converting my CDs to MP3s. It was a program called CDEX. I don't know if you remember that or use that one. Um, really easy program to use before they added the feature into Windows Media Player, which, of course, you know you could then do later on. So I just used that. Um, but I've actually still got a copy of that on one of my hard drives. Um, it was just a free-to-download program. So, yeah, really cool program for doing that. But, you know, Winamp, the visualizations, I mean, it was almost hypnotic. You could, yes, you were listening to music, but you'd just sit there and there was one, it was sort of like a spiral tunnel thing. I can't remember what it was called, but you, you'd just be absorbed in it. It was like the opening to Doctor Who kind of thing, you know. But, of course, it's, you know, changing and bumping in time with the music and you just stare at it for no apparent reason until suddenly you realize it's 2 a.m. and all the JPEGs are finished downloading. So, yeah, cool. What about yourself? Yeah, I did have Winamp. Um, I think everybody must have Winamp. It, it was so so popular, a, a program. Uh, it, it it cracked the door open. Uh, I loved the visualizations, like you said. It was it was you could sit and stare at them. Um, but I moved on to other things. I moved on to Fubar two thousand, which was more powerful than Winamp, and it had better uh, library support. It was just really an evolution, a step forward. Um, and over the years, Winamp tried to get themselves into various different features, including library support, but it didn't quite catch for them. They got the initial thing right, and they couldn't seem to. They mm. kept trying lots of different things to try and move forward and try and be the next big thing, but they couldn't quite do it. And they faded away, um, partly in the face of FUBAR 2000 and VLC, but also in terms of iPods and then mobile phones, because mm. we initially had a music on the computer, but very quickly... We had an iPod, we had an MP3 player, we had, uh, and then eventually we had, in the late doubles, we had um, um, mobile phones, which would carry all. And then, of course, we had Spotify and others, which, which were a new revolution in music. So we had CDs, and then we had digital music, and then we had streaming. Yeah. And, of course, when Spotify and so on appeared, people stopped buying music or stopped buying music so pirating it uh, <laughs> and they just started streaming it uh, instead and they stopped owning it um, so um winamp was was, was kind of left behind then now what's happened now is that the end of july a new version was released winamp 5.9 rc1 release candidate one build 9999 what a coincidence eh? uh, 9999 now there's not a lot new they've switched the version of visual basic allowing them to in the future add more features and they now which i didn't like this they now need windows 7 so in, in my head winamp is a windows 95 program so it feels weird to cut out 95 98 me 2k xp and vista for a program to me that looks no different than what it did back in 1995 so a, a weird thing there and um 
Yeah. Um, so in the past couple of years, I've bought a record player. It's an old Technics quartz lock automatic linear tracking one. I love it. It's great. Uh, and I love how disconnected I can be and not have to get my phone out to, to listen to music. My phone is the source of loads of notifications that demand my attention. And it's also the source of loads of procrastination and distraction. So it's great to disconnect from that music. And I was wondering, but I'm not convinced if people might return to Winamp as a way to get back to basics and away from streaming adverts, notifications, nagging, etc. I don't know. But the reason why I'm doubting it is that your computer is usually the, the source of all that and having to use it for WinApp would then maybe introduce that problem. So I'm not sure if there'll be a resurgence in it. Um, but I also sometimes think about the mild annoyances of vinyl. I wonder if I will go back to some kind of digital music while still enjoying the disconnection. So maybe I don't. I don't know. Um, there's there's problems with vinyl. I mean the the old records are fine, um, but the new Iron Maiden album, which is on two CDs, is on three records. So I'm having to change the records after eleven minutes of music. You have to to turn it over, which is a bit excessive. Uh, old records tend to be between 20 and 22 minutes, so you didn't have to do that. So I, I've kind of dismissed the idea, but I did think of what about having a little sticker inside the record, so I still need to get them out and read a code and type a code in and then get them to play digitally, but no, I'm not going to do that. It's not a good idea. But Chris, do you think you'll ever go back to WinApp? Does it have a place? Does it have a place these days? Is, is, is it anything? Well, we've segued now from are we going to go back to Winamp to are we going back to vinyl, Dave? Because um, I picked these up <laughs> whilst I was back in the UK as well. These are my originals from oh. um, from from growing up, teenagers. So these are for those listening in. So these are picture discs. Yeah, picture disc singles. So I've got ACDC, Thunderstruck, wonderful picture of, you know. Great song. Yeah. With the sun, lightning coming out of the top of the guitar and everything. Um, are, got, are they Scottish or Australian? Or, well, I have to say they're Australian, otherwise they'll actually deport me. That's the problem I have right now. <laughs> um, and then uh, Guns N' Roses uh, yesterday, so a wonderful big stone angel in a gravestone on the surface of that 12-inch mm -hmm. picture disc single. Um, and then another ACDC one, Money Talks, which looks like a 50p or a 50-cent coin. It depends on if it's Scottish, English, or Australian, I guess. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, the ACDC statue in the middle. So, yeah, picture discs. For my teenage years, fantastic. But I don't have a record player, Dave, so I'd be interested to see how you get on with that one and maybe some advice. They're on not it. too expensive. They're not too expensive. And you can um, buy modern ones. How good they'd be, I don't know. Uh, we, we're getting off topic, aren't we? So let's. Neil, <laughs> Neil, Neil has one. He, he has one that uh, yeah. does, does Bluetooth, and he, he, he said it's great. Mine's yeah. an old one. Mine's, a, I think, an 80s or 90s one. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, Will we go back to Winamp though? Is it is it is it is there circumstances you can think you would go back to Winamp? I, I don't know, and it's horrible because it's it's nice to see these old names come back. So you, you yeah. never want to quash yeah. them. So yes, this is a great yeah. thing, and we're all going to use it. Um, in reality, for me. <laughs> um, Probably not, unless it does something that Windows Media Player doesn't. I'm now, um, I've gone a bit default, I think we've discussed before, in terms of Windows, unless there's a yeah. there's something that the package that comes with Windows doesn't do, I'm not going to add to the, the operating system anymore. Yeah. Because then it stays yeah. clean and it operates, you know, as intended, hopefully. Um, uh, whereas the more extras you add to an operating system, obviously, the more you, you know, but potentially clunk it up and, and slow things down. So if it yeah. added some features or if it just added, adds some awesome visualizations that I simply can't resist, well, then maybe that'll be enough to pull me back. Who knows? Let's see. See what it looks like when it comes out. What about yeah. yourself? 
I don't see it. I, I, if I could possibly find a reason to justify it, I'd love to because it, it's it's great using it. Um, but I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see myself going back to Winamp. Uh, I've got, I mean, I've got my mobile phone here, and it's got it's got all my music on it. It's got access to yeah. even more through YouTube music and and all the rest of it. And I've got my, my when I when I want to disconnect, I've got my vinyl records. So I don't I don't see it. even the television. I can click and get any music I want on that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't see where where Winamp fits in anymore. So it's a bit of a shame because uh, mm. I'm really fond of it, but I, I don't see how it's going to bash Spotify and Apple, Apple Music out of the way. Um, I don't see what would get people going back to it, but it, it is cool it's not forgotten and it's been updated. And I I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's a, a, a whole new generation of people using it. It'd be great to see it, uh, to hear about the llama again. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think it, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's, uh, it's days are past, I'm afraid. So, Dr. Local also dropped us a link um, to a story on metro.co.uk. Um, link will be in the in the uh, show notes. And the story really is off the back of a tweet uh, by the CEO of Night Dive Studios, uh, Stephen Kick, teasing that they are working on more FPS remasters. So Night Dive Studios are responsible for the System Shock remake due to drop this year, as well as remakes of uh, Quake, Doom 64, Blood and Exhumed, so the story says. There's no real detail, and he's not actually, uh, he's, he's actually just responding to a tweet by another user called Cathay Raytube, so cat and then cathode ray tube who is a if you if you look at the twitter hover over the twitter handle is a self-described local hot girl um just according to the twitter account i'm not making this up hang on hang on hang on yep local to you or local to me well who knows local to whoever's looking at her account i would hope and any connection to dr local no idea but anyway that's what they are um and, and also the account suggests that you uh follow her for nsfw stuff i've no idea what any of that means dave maybe you can explain uh when we're offline um but anyway in cat's post she puts up a grid of uh 90s fps games with the caption you can only pick one game from each row uh 90 fps edition so obviously the idea is you choose you know which game you'd, you'd like to keep from the collection so it's this image to which Stephen Kick, uh, who I assume is also following lo the local hot guy, by the way, responds with, we've remastered four of these with a few more on the way. Uh, and that's it. It's, this is no official announcement. This is literally just a tweet responding to a tweet. Um, so first, Dave, I want to talk about the original post uh, by Cat. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a very simple image. It's a grid. Um, and let's mm -hmm. go row by row. What I want to do is... Sure. Obviously, you know, her question was just which one would you pick to keep from each of, the, of yeah. the lines. Yeah, Some of these have obviously already been remastered or remade, and there is a difference between these yeah. two. So I just want to ask the question, yeah. which would you pick for a remake or a remake? From each row. Yep, okay. from each row. So we'll go row so, by row, and um, we'll each pick sure. one. So row one has Quake, Chasm, The Rift, Duke Nukem 3D, Marathon Infinity, and Alien Trilogy. What would be your pick, Dave? Well, it can't be Quake because that's that's got source ports and so on, so exactly. it doesn't need it. Mm. Yeah, if we're picking one game, what what's the best game from that row? Then obviously it's Quake. So it then comes which would you want a remake or remaster? Duke Nukem 3D has already been done. Yeah, Duke Nukem Forever. Um, so it would have to be one of the other ones. 
I don't know the other ones very well. I, I know uh, Alien Trilogy a little bit, so we see that. I don't know Kaz and the Rift at no, all. I don't. Sounds like a good name. Mm. Sounds like a Kaz and the Rift sounds quite uh, sounds quite interesting, but I don't know. I guess Alien Trilogy. What about you? I'd have to go that as well. Again, Duke Nukem yeah. 3D, it's also already been ported to modern systems, like the place, there's the Duke Nukem 3D World Tour edition, um, mm. so you can play that on modern systems. So, yeah, just because I don't know the other two, I'd have to say Alien Trilogy. Okay, so moving on to row two. It's Doom, Marathon, Rise of the Triad, Dark War, Half-Life, or Shadow Warrior. What be your pick? Well... It's not going to be Rise of the Triad or Shadow Warrior. Um, both of those are just a little bit janky feeling. They're just, a, yeah, okay. I, I think they were they were funny at the time, but not so much. Doom, obviously not. We've got we've got source ports for Doom. We've got we've got Doom remakes. We don't we don't need another one. So mm. it's going to be Half Life. Yeah, I'd I'll have tell to you why. Half Life has, yeah, environmental storytelling in Half Life. And what I mean yeah. by that is you, you learn what's going on and it's great and that's what made Half-Life so good. So um, a, a, a remaster or some kind of way in Half-Life to bring it up to modern stuff so that you can so that people can enjoy that story, That that's why. I'm guessing Ab- the same reasons for you. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's well overdue a, a re... Not a remake. I don't want a remake. I, I would like a remaster. Maybe with RTX, that would be cool. Um, that would be fantastic. Yeah. And again, yeah. I'm I hate yeah. if there's one thing yeah. I hate in modern games, it's cutscenes. And a well-designed game like Half-Life doesn't need cutscenes because the dialogue and the storytelling is in the levels that you progress through. It's fantastic. Although I personally was a fan of Shadow Warrior, love it. And yeah, I would not shy away from re-releasing that today. Um, so row three, Goldeneye, as in the original Goldeneye, Hexen. Quake Three Arena, Unreal Tournament, or Redneck Rampage? They're they're, they're quite similar. Those games, mm, uh, yeah. Quake Three Arena, Unreal Tournament, and Goldeneye are are multiplayer ones. They're they're the ones that people were fragging each other in. Um, yeah, Hexen, Goldeneye I think, did have they, a good single overlooked. player as well, though. But yeah. Did it? Okay. okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too familiar with it. I know yeah. everybody talks about playing Goldeneye as uh, for 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 the flagging. Uh, Redneck Rampage. I, I think it's going to be Hexen because I don't think enough has been done with Hexen, and mm. I think it's it's really it's interesting enough to do it. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. I, I, Hexen. I'm tempted to go with Hexen as well, but. I did love Unreal Tournament. And there have been, you know, recent iterations. I think 2004 is the last one I bought yeah, with the added vehicles and, and stuff. Yeah. That was fantastic. But maybe maybe we just go back to the original, um, but add, again, modern graphics. So a, a remaster rather than a remake. I think that could be quite nice. So I'll, I'll pick that. Yeah. Do you not, do you not fear they would end up do it, turning it into just another one of these battle royale games that are are all the rage now and they would just slap the ip on top of it that's why i would say a remaster rather than a remake yeah yeah yeah, good point that would be my caveat yeah okay row four power slave doom 64 unreal so we're talking about the original single player game there Mm -hmm. blood or quake 2 right away it's down to either power slave or blood Mm. and it's going to be i think it's going to be power slave um, or Entombed, as it was called. I think it was, it was Entombed, wasn't it? Yeah. I think Entombed the was other, the, the, yeah. the right name for it. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. Power Slaves and Iron Maiden album. I think that was the problem. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah. 
personally was it was an egyptian themed iron maiden album as well i've, I've got the vinyl other room and it, it's no. too close i think that's i think that's the problem yeah. um personally i like egyptian stuff so I, I i like the theme of that i'm looking forward to play that i've not played it mm-hmm. i've got a copy of it somewhere i mean to play um so i, I I'd, I'd be interested in that one uh, or blood because blood's such a, a good game Doom 64, Quake 2, we've got enough of those going on, and Unreal. Um, was Unreal that good a game, was it? Is it up there with Blood and Power Slave, is it? Well, Unreal would be my pick. Unreal would actually it, right. would be my pick. Because it was a good game. It, oh, it was one of those games that just took your breath away, both in terms of the, the, the scenery and the soundscaping. Um, it was that sort of time where... Yeah. You know, the more devs sort of threw in that hadn't been done by other people, the more you noticed it, whereas these days we're sort of spoiled because everything's been done. You yeah. would literally just, you know, stop and go, especially once you'd added a 3D effects card to your PC, you go, oh, wait, that surface is casting a reflection. Or when I fire this gun down a wall, I can see the light change along the wall because yeah. of the, the lightning bolt or whatever you're firing. Um, but also, again, a good progressive storytelling, you know, no cut scenes that I can remember. The levels and, and the progression told the story. And you started off in a cell on a slave ship that had, or a prison ship, sorry, that had crashed. Um, and you sort of had to escape your cell, go through some corridors, and then you found yourself on this completely alien planet. Fantastic opening to, to a game. Absolutely loved it. Uh, well, some of the best scenes in terms of lighting effects. So there's one place where you walk down this corridor and then suddenly all the lights start flicking off down the corridor and the, the, of course the darkness encroaches on where you're standing and then you get attacked by this creature that's throwing everything at you um and you i don't think i've seen this poorly armed. this is oh it's fantastic i, I, it. I obviously oh, haven't man, it's an amazing game amazing game so yeah to see uh, again i would want a remaster not a remake like just give me that but we you know with modern effects and and high-res graphics mm. and, and high poly models that would be amazing to to go through that experience again yeah cool all right let's let's move on so row five dark forces it's a star wars game there doom 2 mm-hmm. marathon 2 durandal heretic or wolfenstein 3d well dark forces mm. dark forces because the whole star wars vibe going on is fantastic um that could that, that that that's a game again that could be they could enhance the storytelling in it, but that, yeah, Doom Two, again, there's so many Doom's been done so many times. We yeah. don't need more Doom. Yeah, there's plenty of it around, and and I'm not saying anything wrong with Doom. Uh, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein, sorry, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein 3D. Yeah, it's been done. Um, it's it's a fairly basic game, um, hmm. and it is is it. does it really hold up or was it just because it was such a step forward that in catacombs 3d was such a step forward does it really hold up or did they get i I don't know Mm. um heretic maybe my second choice um i don't know marathon 2 at all no i don't know any of the marathon games no never heard of them yeah but Dark, Dark Forces, definitely. Dark Forces. Yeah, that would be good to bring that up to modern spec and go through that again. Is it a first-person shooter? It's Star Wars. I mean, it can't go wrong. So what are your opinions, Dave, just out of interest, on remakes versus remasters? You know, what do you think has more I have opinions. Yeah, you have opinions? I have opinions. Go for it. I have opinions Open here. floor to Dave. <laughs> yes. Here I go uh, on my soapbox. Uh, I am happy with remasters and source ports. 
They're great. There's a few big deals that way, and the earliest I can think of, I'm sure it's not the earliest, but earliest I can think of is Exalt, which is for Ultima 7. And it's a new game engine that uses the original game files. Nice. Now, Ultima 7 was, like all the Ultima games when they came out, they were pushing the boundaries of what of what the hardware could do. And Ultima 7 didn't age well as far as compatibility very quickly. Uh, even in the Pentium era, era, Ultima 7 didn't play properly. So that's what, that's one of the reasons why Exalt came out. So it, it's an engine that uses the, the original game files and you can play Ultima 7 in it uh, with a few enhancements, with better resolution and so on. It's great. Another way of doing it is in the way of some of the older role-playing games because they didn't have the same creature comforts that we do now. So they didn't perhaps have auto-mapping. You couldn't see all of the character stats all the time. The screen was much smaller. So there are sort of bolt-ons that you can get through DOSBox. Um, so when you're playing old games, they will, around the DOSBox window, you'll get another little window on top with character stats, another window to the right of it with a with a map on it. And... Um, I'd like to be a purist. I'd like to play the games with none of that help. And I'd like to yeah. get the graph paper out and so on. Yeah. Who's got the time these days? Um, <laughs> so for the old gold box games, there's something called gold box companion. And for eye of the beholder, there is the all seeing eye. And with those, they, en they enhance it. So it's not quite a remaster, but it, it, it's that kind of idea. Yeah. Um, and then there's some recent ones, which are, tremendous in the x-wing franchise mm. so the first one was x-wing alliance upgrade xwu it's xwau and then there's x-wing virtual machine xwvm yeah yeah and both of these have you, you've seen them yeah i have yeah they're great yeah, yeah. they're great i mean they're absolutely tremendous um some of them have um ar so you can i'm watching a guy streaming and things are changing as he moves his head nice. it's great so the t again they use the old data files and they're, they're effectively a mod. Now, I don't know about the, the legal side of things. I'm only imagining here. I'm not an expert at all. But I think if you just remake a game, an old game yourself, that just stands alone, then you're in a much shakier legal footing than, right. than if you make effectively what's a mod for a game that requires yeah. the original game. Um, I, presumably, the publisher would be happy with that because the original game's on sale somewhere so they have people then buy the original game to play this mod so presumably that's better but i don't know but yeah the, th those are great and funny enough i watched a video last night from a channel i've not heard of before youtube suggested it timberwolf stuff and it's about sierra and LucasArts re remasters and it talked about how they've been remastering things pretty much since year dot um cga to ega ega to vga um the, the old sierra games the lucasarts games so they we've always had the point of the video was the takeaway was there's always been remasters and they're definitely not a new thing so mm -hmm. it is a great video to watch i'll ask duncan to link it uh but going back to 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 fps there's loads of source ports in that genre and that's a great way of playing the old games properly uh, but in modern hardware with maybe some of the sharp edges taken off like yeah. doom and quake and so on they were they were made in an era where the source was kept and it's been it's been released and it's been open source and people can make little enhancements to it um so that means it opens the door for better multiplayer access and so on and better ways so that's a good way to do it but i'll now come on to reboots and this is where my opinions are I'm not a fan of reboots. Yeah. I'm not a fan yeah. of remakes or rebooks. 
I think in these modern, modern cynical times, what they do is they just churn out another cookie cutter game in Unreal, CryEngine, or Unity, whatever. <laughs> they make all the standard received wisdom mechanics about battle royale and crafting and gems and buying this and little things and play a hundred times to get a one little improvement here. <laughs> and then what they do is they just slap on a well-loved old popular IP. They slap yeah. it on top and they call that a, a remake of it. And it's not a remake. It's just your generic modern game with old IP on it. And that's why I don't like reboots and, and remakes. And I appreciate that. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way, but it often is. Yeah, I totally agree, totally agree. And they add cutscenes, Dave, and I hate cutscenes. I don't want a cutscene. Yeah. I just want to play the game. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind cutscenes <sighs> in themselves, but they're often used badly. And yeah. even modern role-playing games, you're travelling from one cutscene to another. Yes. You're yeah. following an arrow. Yeah. You do, the, do this to get the next cutscene, and then you get to the cutscene, and you're clicking through the cutscene. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, no, we definitely agree there. <laughs> All right, cool. So there you go. I think we've made good on that. I mean, at the end of the day, we started with a story about a story about a tweet in reply to a tweet. Uh, what a time to be alive. I mean, that is modern journalism at its finest. I think we've actually peaked. So in next week's show, we'll have a car chase and a story about a puppy. Check it out on the subreddit. Completing your retro collection, also shared by Dr. Local. So that's three for three this week, Dr. Local. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, seriously. Um. It's a bit of a left field submission, but when I watched the video, I was knocked down. I couldn't ignore it. It's a, a video by a channel I've not watched, and it's a, a console channel uh, called Retrobird. So it's outside of my usual interests. I don't mind consoles, but I, I don't don't know enough about them. So I tend to find that videos about consoles tend to fly over my head. Um, and I didn't expect to stick through the whole video. I thought, well, it's been submitted. I'll watch it for a couple of minutes and see what I think. And I sat and watched the whole video all the way through. It's, it's almost performance art. It's a 12 minute long, full on breathless monologue. It's nothing like an LGR or, a, or an RMC video. It's not nice, calm pacing. It hammers the points out in a, a staccato beat. It talks about collecting. And here's a, a few of the things that I noted down that he said that, that, that I, I, I thought were important, were, were interesting. And he talks about how tempting it is to start collecting a new thing. And he says, could I be a virtual boy person? Only one is ironic yet playful. And he's talking about the justifications that you do in your head to start, well, what have I got? What have I got into this? And he talks about a phrase that we often hear, which is, I have all the games I want. And he then says, maybe we're trying to convince ourselves. Maybe that's why we say it out loud, trying to convince ourselves to stop doing it. <laughs> uh, and he then talks about buying a game to finish a collection, but can be like trying to put out a fire by throwing logs on it because it then opens the door <laughs> to say, well, I've got this and I now get this and that one. It's so true. Uh, and, and I, yeah, it, it, it rings so many bells. And um, he did say something that really hit home for me. He said, as much as there can be fun had in acquiring new games, it does take the focus away from playing what we already have. Hmm. And there might be a part of you that just wants to be done collecting so that you can put all your focus on playing games. And that's where I am right now. Hmm. Uh, I've been spending so much time dealing with not just, not just games collecting, but also hardware collecting and getting things set up. I've been, I've been overwhelmed by dealing with the hardware and I'm just ready to get, to get things sorted out so that, 
I can pick up a hardware project when I want to pick up a hardware project, but not feel compelled to deal with all these before I can sit down and play games. I don't play enough games. I want to. I want to get back to playing games, but I find mm. that um, I find that sometimes you can just be overwhelmed by what the other things that you have to do before you do it. Did you watch the video? Yeah, I did actually. Did you get a chance? Yeah. You yeah, did. I did get a chance, and I, I I did watch it pretty much all the way through. Such a great video, awesome humor, um, while telling the truth, basically. And the truth is, it's never finished. And yep, I subbed, I subbed straight away because I love his stuff um, from from the start of this video, and I t- took a quick look at his other content as well. Yeah, on the topic of collecting and whether or not it's finished, and you know, how do you get distracted? I mean, my collections parameters are fairly straightforward, and they're achievable. And that is, I just want to reown the stuff that I owned growing up. I mean. How hard can that be, Dave? You know, this is the thing. It does get a bit tricky because if I want to own a game, I want it to be the same color. Uh, sorry, same cover. So if it was the budget release, I actually want the budget release, not the full price one. I want it to match the box art that I remember seeing on my shelf at home or I remember picking up in the shop and paying my pocket money for. But if that's the case, Dave, why do I now also have, let's start off with, I, ha- I now have all the modern Spectrum games currently available to buy by Zoysia. In, in you know from over in Russia because I got stuck into that and they're good games so I've bought all of those um, I've got several other Spectrum and Amiga games that I never owned but wanted so that again the justification is in your head oh my mates had that and I always I always played it or borrowed it so let's I might as well own that for myself now that I've got the, the, the pocket money if you want to put it that way why do I have a C64? Okay, I won that in a raffle. There's the justification. But now it needs games, Dave. It needs games. Um, what's this CD32 doing on the desk? I didn't own one. I didn't even really know it existed back in the day. And now here it is because somebody offered me one at a good price. And what am I going to do with that? Well, I'm going to be buying more games, aren't I? And they're not easy to get hold of. So it really is a slippery slope. And, and my clear-cut and easy goal has segued into areas of I call them areas of curiosity, um, and and that has happened way faster than it should have. Um, so you know, my 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 original parameter still stands, and one day that will be complete. But then new parameters will kick in. I've already got one game from the Astra Pack for the Amiga. Well, now I need to collect all ten. Of course, I have to. I can't just have one there. All the Codemasters tapes for the Spectrum. I mean. How many can there be, Dave? Don't don't go down that one. <laughs> <laughs> don't go down that one. <laughs> so, what about yourself? Yours is yours is complete. So, yeah, unpack that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my, my collection is complete because my shelves are full. Right. I have no more room. So that has to be. If I'm buying something now, I, I I have to understand that something else will have to come off the shelf. So I I, I already have crates of games that i need to sell on ebay because i, I don't have room for the shelves and I, if i don't have room for it i'm not keeping it so hmm. I, I i perhaps once i've sold those crates of games i'll say well i don't really like that game and i want that one i don't know but i i have to draw a line because it, it's turning into it's not a means to an end collecting so that i can play the games better is not it's turned into collecting for collecting itself and it's turned into stopping me playing the games particularly the hardware side of things i've got so many projects ongoing i've the ones I've been I've been doing recently is on. I've got five different PCs. I have a three eight six. I have a Pentium. I have a Pentium three. I have a Core two Duo, and I have a, a, a an X six um, a six core 
uh, Windows 7 AMD thing. And there's a purpose for all of those. I wanted to cover all the all that the 386 will do. 286 and newer games, the Pentium will do. 386 DX and onwards, the Pentium 3 will do Windows 98 stuff. The Core 2 Duo will do Windows XP. And the Windows 7 6 core thing is for things like uh, it's for things like uh, source ports and remasters, so that I can play, like for example, the uh, the enhanced version of Planescape Torment. I can play that on a CRT as if it's like as if it's back in the original. So I've got all those, and they've all got a purpose. But it's taken me so much time to get it all set up. And I'm, I am, I, I, I don't. If I didn't have it done already, I don't know if I would. I would recommend doing it because it's it's got in the way. Um, and funny enough, had I look at his other videos, and there was quite a few thoughts he explores that are quite interesting. And I, I will look through his other videos as well. I'm sure. But he talks about how being an adult can suck, and how we do when we do get time to play video games we sit and feel guilty about taking the time to do it. Oh, yeah. And that's definitely, definitely me. There's so many things I could do with work and the house and family and friends and so on. If I, if I sit down to, to play a video game, then I, I can find I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there going, should I be doing this? Should I yeah. be doing this? And instead, yeah. what I'll do is I'll go and I'll I'll go on Reddit or I'll go on the news sites and I'll browse through those and I'll waste time instead mm. of taking the time to do things I, I really want to do. And I, I've spoken to other people about this in the past, and it's really common. Everybody's got yeah. it. Everybody seems to have this problem. I can attest to that. Um, yeah. It's why I, why I like going to the cinema. I go to the cinema and for two hours. I can't do anything but watch the film, and that really helps. Mm. But in the house, if I sit down to watch a film in the house, maybe I'll go and put the washing machine on. Maybe I'll go and do this. Maybe I'll go and do that. So, yeah, um, I'll be watching the rest of these videos. Uh, but do give it a watch. It's linked by producer Duncan. It's a, it, it, There's lots of funny things in the video as well. There's there's loads of visual jokes in it, and it it, it doesn't take a breath. It's just, it's just non-stop for 12 minutes. Uh, it, it's a great little video. So, time for Community Question of the Week. And last week's question was, what is that dream peripheral that remained out of reach? Which computer or console add-on did you want so badly, but never had, but would love to own now? That was the actual question, not the ones that Dave tried to throw in as alternatives. Um, and D Duncan's actually thrown in his, which is I always wanted a GVP 530 for my A500, but they were silly money. Absolutely. With you there, Duncan. So um, I think the top answer is from Richard Shears. Do you want to give us that one, Dave? Sure. So it's from Richard Shears, and he says... For me, it would be the GVP HD8 Plus Amiga A500 sidecar hard drive add-on with 8 megabytes memory built in. Yes. It was so unreachable for me that by the time I was able to consider it, my interest in the A500 was waning, and I put the money towards a 486 PC instead. The joy of installing NASCAR onto the hard drive and just running it without the delay of floppies was the stuff of dreams until I found the SVGA mode that brought tears to my pockets, as the next thing I wanted was a creative 3D Blaster accelerator card. Thankfully, the, the 486 came with a 16-bit Sound Blaster Vibra, allowing me not to miss a beat when listening to Daddy Mulk. I thought we were going to do this without laughing. <laughs> don't, don't, don't start. If you start laughing, I'll start laughing. Um, until my eyes... Whilst watering, stumbled across a review of the AWE32, and so the endless march continued. Now, 
Nice. I not. I like it. I like the Amigas. I've got an Amiga um, that I need to build up. But I love the sidecars. I love oh, yeah. peripherals and expansions and so on. So I, I, I really like the look of of those. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with Richard there. The, the GVPs, um, they were the, the Commodore ones, looked like bricks, and then this third party GVP came out that just followed the lines of the A five hundred. How hard can that be? You know, Commodore yeah. didn't manage it. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. nice. Cool. And I believe some of them had accelerators in as well. But anyway, moving on. Okay. So the next answer is from Grey Limit. Um, all I was inspired to, uh, uh, sorry, all I aspired to was an actual hard disk for my 1040 ST. There we go. This one's for you, Dave. But basically being poor meant that I never got there. I always ended up using half the memory as a RAM disk for all the tools I used so that a single floppy only contained the work itself, uh, avoiding the need to shuffle disks in and out. This would have been uh, from the from late 1986. Can you attest to that, Dave? Well, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can say a little bit about that. Um, mm. So the ST hard disks were sort of like a pizza box shape that would sit underneath the monitor. So they they were they were quite they were quite different. Again, they looked great, and I I wanted one unaffordable. Mm. But what a lot of ST owners did was what he's talked about. You would get a Marpet expansion, and Marpet was the name of the people that made these, and they would go inside your ST, they would go inside the PLCC socket, you would force it down, take a chip off, stick it under that, so they would be, in a similar way, you've seen that thing, I think, on Amigas, yeah. and they would upgrade your memory to 2.5 megabytes usually. Nice. Um, you could go as high as 4 on ST, but usually 2.5, and, and that 2.5 meant that you could get a huge, big, beefy RAM disk in there. Nice. So what you would do is you would load the salt, load the stuff onto the RAM disk, mm. and then you would not quite have a hard disk, but you would have a lot of the benefit of it. So yeah, uh, that 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 was a, that was a thing. But yeah, I, I wanted that, but it was it was out of reach. And again, just like what Richard said, by the time by the time you could afford to do this, you're thinking, do I want to throw money at the ST when it's clear the writing's on the wall? Yeah. And for Richard, it was the Amiga. Do I want to put money there, or should I put it aside for the PC? I'm glad I did. I'm glad I didn't get the the hard disk for the ST. Yeah. Now the last one is from STFM. Uh, no, no surprise what he, what uh, computer he likes. Uh, I got a paper round to save up the three hundred dollars for a hard drive for my five twenty ST, and by the time I had saved the money, they were obsolete. Yeah, that's exactly what we've said. Yeah, yeah. By the time the hard disk for the for the ST, by the time you got one, the it, it was maybe best spent elsewhere. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for your submissions. And as Dave said at the beginning of the show, obviously, we, we really do live off your submissions for both stories and your responses to the questions that always do keep coming. So, yeah, great to see the engagement there. This week's question of the week, Dave, I reckon um, it should be about um, remakes and remasters. What do you think? Definitely, definitely. Yep. Well, yeah, let, let, let's set the question carefully. Let, let's not ask people what their favourite game is yep. uh, for remaster. <laughs> let's, let's ask people what game would really benefit from a remaster, not a remake, yeah, not not a reboot, a remaster. What game do they think could be taken, remastered, brought into a new generation, let people play that haven't played it before? What what could be remastered that would let people really enjoy it? So what's your what's your answer to that? And Duncan will turn that into English. Fantastic. And that is the question. <laughs> and any system, any genre, doesn't matter. I think that's yeah. a great question. Yeah. Yep. So let us yeah. know in the subreddit. So not not just from the FPSs that we're talking about, by, by, but, but by all means, mm. pick an FPS. So thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week, where it should be, should be all three of us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. 
This Week in Retro was presented by Neil from RMC The Cave, Chris from 005 Agima, and Dave. It was produced by me, Duncan Styles. The podcast version of the show is available through your favourite podcaster, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the video version is available on the This Week in Retro YouTube channel. Join our community subreddit at r slash thisweekinretro to suggest and vote on the stories we cover on the show. If you watch This Week in Retro on YouTube, please give us a like and subscribe to help us reach new viewers. If you enjoy our show and would like to support it, then please check out the link to our Patreon page in the show notes or description. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time for more up-to-date news for out-of-date tech.